Inside Nigeria, keeping you informed on what matters. Welcome to the Monday edition of Inside Nigeria, reaching on leadership television. My name is Winifred Dobana. Of course, you can see I have with me in the studio a public affairs analyst, Samaya Mosa. Samaya Mosa, it's a pleasure to have you around. Yeah, thank you for having me. Good morning, viewers. So, on Inside Nigeria, we review major front headline stories from some selected newspapers. And this morning, we have on our menu leadership newspapers, Nigeria's most Inflation newspaper, the sister publication, the national economy, the Sun newspaper, and of course, the state newspaper. We are going to be plugging it up this morning. It's our state of leadership. Leadership on its headlines today says 2023 presidency. Sanusi makes case for competence, merit as politicians revive zoning agreements. 2023 presidency. Sanusi makes case for competence, merit as politicians revive. Zoning arrangements. On Rider says, Ohaneze opposes zoning arrangements. Once PDP will collapse if party zones ticket to not. Says Jonathan lost 2015 election for not respecting zoning agreements. Leadership is all about 2023 presidency this Monday, 10th January 2022. On this deadline. This is Samaila Musa. What is your take? Uh, well, you see, um, the case Sanusilavido uh, Sanusi was making uh, is actually uh, valid. Uh, it's valid in the sense that we need people who would move, move the country forward. We need people who actually uh, have proven over time that they are achievers, they are goal getters, you know, people who have done something, who have achieved something for themselves, you know. But having said that, I think the major problem is actually, it doesn't really just end with getting competent people. You see, Nigeria is actually uh, uh, at a brink of uh, some kind of precipice that we need everything we can do to keep the country as one if we want to really continue to exist as one. And when you begin to look for competence in just one particular section of the country, then it really, you know, it raised quite a lot of concerns that people begin to feel, are you saying there are no competent people from this zone or there are no competent people on the other zone? You know, so really, I think uh, going forward is, of course, uh, competence, which uh, should be number one, but the zoning should also play a, a factor. So when you, so it, it will not be like, oh, so you are looking for the competence in the micro zoning kind of arrangement. Because, okay, when you zone into social person, uh, so, so region, then you now begin to look for the competent ones in that region, actually, you know, which I believe Nigeria is very, very blessed with intelligence and, uh, you know, people who have achieved a lot in different uh, fields of their endeavors, you know. So, really, when you especially when you look at these three major uh, uh, tribes, because I mean, whatever we say, we can be saying, oh, South Coast this, uh, not that, but it's majorly Hausa, Igbo, and Yoruba. And it's going to take a very long time before others will begin to emerge. But majorly, whatever language you speak, you will be zoned or categorized under these uh, under these three, uh, you know, languages. So really, we shouldn't discard uh, the total the issue of uh, 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 zoning, uh, even though uh, competence will always come into play, even when it is being zoned. So we, it, really, Nigeria uh, needs 
every force that we can pull together to make sure that uh, the sense of national unity is actually being promoted at every level. Uh, thank you so much, Samela, for your view. But, uh, nevertheless, don't you think uh, this zoning is, uh, uh, is going to be a is PDP's uh, exclusive result? Because for APC, APC already has uh, two years, almost two years now for his long-term presidency. And of course, everybody expects that the presidency is going to move to the south. But for PDP, the, the situation is dicey. Yeah, you see, so um, evaluating you see the, the, two, the two major parties are actually watching each other. The PDP wants delayed to say where it's going to zone it to. Later on, the APC was also delaying to say we would like to know where this our opposition, uh, the major opposition parties also zoning to such a way that everybody is being careful, such that whenever they zone it to will not be a minus to them, you know. So uh, at a point, PDP was being uh, 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 more or less compelled to say, well, if our goal is actually to take over power. And you know that in terms of number, that power goes to the north. And northerners have the tendency to want to vote their own. If you understand. Some persons are saying it's going to be a hard sell for them if PDP presents a southerner as its candidate yeah. and all of that. So when they were going into that convention, they decide to say, well, let us zone it into the chairmanship of the party to the north central. And then the presidential slot will be open. Whoever proved to be, uh, you know, uh, to be the candidate of the day will eventually emerge, you know. So uh, the APC is even the one that is having the major problem right now. The APC is confused as we speak. The party is even afraid to go into any form of convention. You have seen how they've been. They fixed it for February. Is it going to hold? We have so many court injunctions that are also saying no. People, agree party members have gone to court and all of that. So really, the party is in actually, it might be some man-made kind of, uh, you know, quagmire, but you see, eventually, and that's why uh, stakeholders should be much concerned. When a ruling party is having a problem, the rest of the country should not go to sleep. Because whatever they do or did not do will affect all of us in the long run. And the fear, like I postulated somewhere else, is that we don't want the APC crisis to now alter the timetable of, you know, of transition in, in Nigeria. Because when the ruling party doesn't seem prepared or doesn't seem to put its house together to go into a general election, that is going to alter the timetable that is on ground. And I'm also afraid because the president seems to be non-challenged. He doesn't care. You can watch if you see that his, uh, his interview on channels is, you know, this non-challenged attitude, like he doesn't really care. And, and I do not see how you can be a successful president when you are actually not grooming a successor. You understand? Because what you are trying to say is that you have done your part. And that's selfish or self-centered to say, oh, all you needed was just your own ATS and you have got it. The rest of them can go and kill themselves. And I don't want him... By the time he wants to exit, to now say, oh, because of what is happening, we are going to hand over to the interim government. Because those are, we, have, we have to start looking at the implication of when a ruling party is having a major problem. You know, and these are some of the repercussions that is going to come up when you are not willing to go into an election or you are afraid. They might say, oh, because May 29 is around the corner and I have to leave, let the interim government head the country. And that's also 
uh, very, very bad because they have four years to prepare for this, you know. Well, uh, still on the 2023 presidency, uh, at least uh, the story is still the major headline on Sun newspaper this Monday morning. Can we have Sun newspaper? And Sun says 2023 presidency, anxiety over Jonathan's rumored interest. 2023 presidency, anxiety, anxiety over Jonathan's rumored interest. Is APC publicity stunt, says BDP spokesman. Yes, um, there's so many uh, rumors going on, so many conspiracy theories going on. You know, there are people who are saying uh, Buhari and his people are trying to lure Jonathan back to APC, APC so as to get uh, the ticket for 2023. And having uh, calculated or, uh, you know, the permutation says that he only constitutionally he only has the right to contest for just one time because having served yes. you know previously you know so uh and that will give the north the opportunity to come back after four years yeah. so these stories are actually out there and then some persons also are saying no there's nothing like that it's just that the two of them won't come out to deny or to support uh, those postulations that uh, Jonathan having uh, uh, given a, an assignment uh, by the United Nations, you know, he's overseeing some crisis in some of his uh, African countries. Yeah, yeah, that he needs to come and give the president feedback. But in whatever case, I think um, see, once you become a public figure, you just don't seem to have that much of private life. So there are instances, there are some things will come up that you need to Quick clarifications. You just don't keep quiet because these are issues that has to do with national interest too. So you need to give clarification as to what is going on. Uh, and I mean, nobody is taking it away from him whether he has the right or not. He has the right absolutely to contest. But when rumors like this, uh, they have the tendency to actually affect the incumbent president as well. You know, I, and you know, affect so many other permutations uh, 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 on politically. So I think one of them. Always to Nigerians to explain what their meetings is all about. Yes. Uh, you understand? Because I don't see any private discussion they will be having that we, the, the rest of us, um, should not be privy to. You know? you know, they said there's no smoke without fire. Um, yes. If, if at all, APC actually, what do you think about the Jonathan's presidency? You see, though, the, 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 it's a very clear statement. And somebody once said, What did you forget in that story that we are going to Before we even come to Jonathan, you see, power is very tempting. Let's come to APC itself. They once called him clueless. It's now that Abe schooled him to become to not have clue. Or they are also as clueless as he is, or as clueless as he was. And you understand? Somebody will have to join the other person. It's either now they also realize that they are also clueless. So they don't have a problem with handing over to him. Or Oh, he actually had a clue all this while. He's not clueless as they wanted us to be. That they just, they just, you know, try to smear his image. And now having realized that they have not done anything better than he did, you know, there's a need to bring him back. Or they just want to make a mess of him. They just want to rubbish him in the long run. They know that, you know, so many things have gone wrong. They can't mop it. And, you know, I mean, one will think that uh, Jonathan, should be 
called to answer some questions as regards to corruption. And they are saying, okay, if we actually cover that up, he should also be able to do a payback for us and cover us up once we leave. Because if we leave here, we, what we want to do, especially the president, he wants, to, he wants to do is to go arrest, considering his health and his age. So he does not want a president who will come and start questioning him and start summoning him left and right and center. So if it's none of this, you understand? Then that's when you will now start going back to the issue of Jonathan. You understand? Because why I say if none of this is that power is tempting, especially if you once tasted power. It's the same drive that was driving Buhari back to be contesting and be crying on national TV why he's been denied the presidency and all of that, contested about three times and even vowed that he will never contest again and still came back eventually. So, I mean, if he's offering Jonathan that office, I'm sure it's quite tempting enough for him not to want to reject it. You understand? So, but Jonathan himself, just like so many other people have sounded that warning, mm -hmm. we should also be careful. It is either they have their own agenda and say, oh, if we use Jonathan as a decoy, we're going to get the Southern votes in large quantity and then eventually create some, you know, some crisis and say, oh, uh, Jonathan, please, you see the way these people are going about it, we might, we might have this problem either with the courts or this or that. So please let us back social pressing up. But at that time, they have already drawn him into their fold and declared for APC. You understand? So it's either one of those uh, uh, postulations. So really, it, it's it's yeah, it's something that many people see it, uh, as a like a power control thing in the sense that uh, Jonathan he has just one term to go before mm. uh, before term mm. before years. Sorry, white power returns back, back to, to the north. I mean, what does it make for equity and fairness? Ah well, uh, the the point is. It, it will have, I didn't mean we are actually, because I know there was a time some people are advocating for one single term of six years, you know. I think that kind of uh, one single term of six years will actually put, uh, uh, you know, uh, a, a seal to the issue of all this after first time, I'm going for a second time and all of that. And that can actually also solidify this, this zoning arrangement. But you see, this zoning thing, we kept talking about it, it keeps coming up, and yet it's not a constitutional issue. It's not written anywhere in our constitution. It's an unwritten law that is being practiced among politicians. But of course, when you look at it holistically, you know it's something that promotes national interest. So back to your question about people are feeling, oh, he's just wanting to, for him to have it because constitutionally he only has four years you know, to spend, you know, and then it will still return back to the law. Uh, that's also an assumption. It's an assumption in the sense that a Jonathan can also groom a successor from the South and say, just like some people are advocating. You see, what I believe is that politics is a game of I mean, negotiations. A, a, a president can decide to say, well, I'm from the South, but the major or 80% of my cabinet members will come from the North because I want to retain power in the South. Negotiations in the sense that politicians are selfish. You are there, you are, you are the one that is thinking that they are there for your own interest. Mm -hmm. Your own interest always comes first. The man who you think will stand up and say it will never happen if you want to retain power in the South and is a northerner. By the time you offer him NMPC or petroleum minister, either him or his students will be there. You will be shocked that he's going to keep quiet about it and tell you that, oh, 
you know, all this noise about rotation is actually just uh, some kind of a distraction. What we need in this country is somebody that can move the country forward. You understand? So all the noisemakers, they have their price. You get what I'm saying? So it's about negotiations. If you know the right skills to adopt to, you know, negotiate, even as we're speaking right now, some people are advocating that it's time to for it to go to the southeast or somewhere else. Some politicians who actually have their thinking caps intact are also offering wide amount of offering uh, 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 appointments or offers to some southeasterners, and who will eventually rise up tomorrow and tell you that the southeast is actually not mature enough to be the president of Nigeria. You understand? So really, uh, it's not a straight jacket approach. You know. Everybody will just keep fighting for one thing or the other. You know, their interests will always come first. It's the rest of the masses. But uh, eventually, why I supported what Sunuchi was saying, that happy show was competence will always come into play. I mean, we have learned, even if we, we, we decide to or we pretend not to have learned, this one that we are in now is a big lesson to all of us that competence is very, very key. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, Smaila, let me take it back to President Muhammad Buhari's uh, interview on the channel for this. And he did say that uh, he knows who the gentleman about him, but he wouldn't disclose because he doesn't want them to him to be educated. What is <laughs> Well, I don't know what he is really trying to insinuate by uh, the person not to be eliminated. Mm -hmm. But you see, he has shown he has not shown any interest in the party from for some times now. He has virtually shown disinterest. I mean, like he's so much disinterested in whatever happened about bringing a successor, and that's why we are having the crisis you are having. I can tell you, we've had president in the past in this country that because they are in that ruling party, nobody says Jack until they give sense clear of direction. The ambassador has displayed that. You understand? Yeah. You don't start going and start creating crisis all over the place in the party when the president says this is the direction. Everybody will just, it's either if you want to comply or you move to another party. But because he has shown that he's not interested in what happens there, yeah. you, they don't even see him as a party man. But he's not assenting to the electoral amendment, which also shows that he's interested. He's party. actually, you know, and not assenting when he leaves because that clause is the only one that is giving him problem there. Uh, about the clause where he's saying direct or not, and uh, not a direct primary kind of stuff. You see, that one might not necessarily be just the handiwork yes. of his party members. Okay. You see, there's a cabal that is always ruling this country. Either they are in party A or in party B. You understand? Mm -hmm. Which this person knows that person that knows that person. They might not be talking to the president directly, but they know the people who has the president's listening ears. To also be influencing those ones to say, you know, our interest is at stake here. Yeah. Because and you also are beneficiaries of this interest. And besides, Mr. President, don't forget that when you leave, maybe the person that will come in now may try to undo what you did, and the president will like, Yeah, but, well, if the president is not bold enough, if the people have spoken, I think the, the most important thing is the president shouldn't forget that he came because a majority of the masses, goodwill, goodwill of the masses felt, yeah, this is the person that is going to do our bidding. This is the person that is going to be with the masses eventually. He does not belong to the establishment. So, and if the person, the people have also spoken to, you know, the people who are representing them in the National Assembly, and the National Assembly has also, you know, 
uh, yield to the calling to the yearnings of the people they are there to represent, that's their constituents. And they have also transmitted that to the president to say, well, we are not your appointees. Some people voted us to come and represent them here. We don't know what to go back home to go and tell them. You understand? This is what they want, and we, we are firm about this. If this is the only one you will leave for us, even though it's some other issues, you know, you were not overridden for this one, because we don't know what to go and tell the people who sent us here. We are putting our foot on the ground. There was a bill that the president assented to, and now I can't, I can't I, I'm trying to remember that bill exactly. He said, amendment will take care of it in the future. He should have appended his signature on this one and also said that amendment will take care of this. And the, 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 the industry act. You, you understand? So, and, you understand? You understand? So, really, but this one, I believe, uh, even I haven't spent the time because there was a time frame to which he had to ascend or not. You know, and by allowing that to actually expire, it shows that he was under some kind of pressure, you know, from politicians or from people who have one interest or the other, uh, or because otherwise he shouldn't have waited till the expiration of that and just make his stand and say, look, this is what I believe and this is why I'm rejecting this. You don't need to wait that long because while he was waiting, so many people kept praying that the break is going to do it. While some people could beat their chest and say, hey, no, he's not going to do it, really. I, and, you know, so that's just the point. Thank you so much, uh, Samuel, for your thoughts. Thank you, thank you, Presidency. Well, we are, we are going on a break. When we come back, we'll continue with the papers we have on our menu. Don't go away. Inside Nigeria, keeping you informed on what matters. Welcome back. This is Inside Nigeria with me on Leadership Television. My name is Steve Mertini for the Global, and I have with me, still in the studio, Samuel Musa. Hello, Musa. Thank you. Uh, we are moving over to our sister publication, National Economy. That is the paper for review this morning. And the cover says Nigeria's 18 trillion naira petroleum products, products export deficit worrisome. Let's fight. Nigeria's 18 trillion naira petroleum products export deficit worrisome. Say experts. Experts condemn government's weak commitment to. Diversification program. This is on national economy. This morning, business. Yeah, you see, um, just like uh, we have always been calling on the government to do the needful, you know, and that has to be done even uh, right on time. It's high time we are not solely dependent on, you know, on the petrol. Uh, this has always come up at different fora. Uh, different, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, economic uh, uh, tic tac, you know, uh, uh, forums being organized uh, either in terms of uh, uh, some conferences and all of that. We cannot just be solely dependent on petroleum when originally we had we were running an agrarian economy, and then you know the discovery of oil. Then later on we completely abandon agriculture and move into this and if you can see with uh you know recent technological advancement you will know that it, it was sitting on a time bomb it's just a matter of time one day you wake up and realize that the rest of the world doesn't really need this product any longer 
you know, because most of the machines that run on them uh, actually have alternatives to them. So this will always hit us very, very hard because that is what is running our economy as a nation. So whatever happens to it will always be a source of concern. I also listened to the president while he was filling out how much, you know, uh, uh, crude was selling for when before he came in and when he came in and how much he's selling today, you know. So one would think that with all those experience that the president had or that he's having, he will think of alternative means because, you see, even though when they ask him a different question, he tried to lower this in to answer that. When we're talking about inflation and all of that, he's talking about everybody should go back to farm. You know, uh, as if, uh, you know, it's, it's just a, a, a one solution fits all kind of uh, thing that we're actually trying to describe. So really, it's actually a very bad one because there's we, we're not in control of what happened to the price of this. It is not something that we can determine. You understand? It's a global issue. So uh, because we don't have power over it, it's more reason why we actually need to start looking at other uh, uh, forms. You know, we need to diversify. Otherwise, we keep plunging the country into more problems. You know, uh, Samayla, we've had previous governments have always talked about diversification of the economy. But unfortunately, when they come in, uh, the others seem to give the other, other the day, and they do the opposite. Like, you talked about, like, this present government talked about uh, agriculture. Mm. Now, food stores is, is on the high side. You can't get anything because of it. Uh, uh, because of uh, inflation. Now, what happens to our transportation program? They are not taking it serious. That's just the truth. The fact is that I will expect Mr. President to make himself the substantive uh, minister of agri. He is serious about telling people to go back to farm. But rather, he chose to make himself the minister of petroleum. You understand? Mm -hmm. And it doesn't seem, because if you look at the years of experience he had in that industry, is not reflecting now. They take people back to farm. He unfortunately put charlatans there initially because even though it took him more than six months to uh, come up with cabinet members, people who is going uh, is going to work with, he still ended up bringing people who are non-performers, performers. You know, you know. So and they made a, a, a rubbish of that ministry. That's very very important ministry. As a matter of fact. Is a ministry that has the largest number of offices when you look around at the federal capital territory. Anywhere you go within this city, apart from you know having a, a, a building here in Mapuche, they have one organ of Minister of Agri in one place or the other. So you would think that they would take that seriously because that is one thing that we are, we are guaranteed of. We have the land for it, and they also say that the, uh, Mr. President also said that. Uh, uh, the new uh, economic advisor told him that it's only 25% of uh, arable land in Nigeria that is in use. So the rest of the 75% of our arable land is actually being abandoned. And yet, for eight years, they have not done anything meaningful in that regard that would say, oh, now we are actually running an agrarian economy. Even if it's going to be 50 50, yeah. you know, 50 on the petroleum, I mean, you know, on oil. And then 50 agrarian. So that nothing has actually shown shown that. So really, what we see all the time is lip service to everything. 
he also say, oh, the way to curb inflation is for everybody to go back to the farm. It's leave service. What do you put in place for people to go back to farm? You have not lived by example yourself. You have not shown, because the government itself will have to show much interest in that regard for people to begin to know that, okay, it's like uh, the money is actually leaving the petroleum industry and going back to the farm. And that is the only thing that I can actually drive Nigerians. A lot of big players in the petroleum industry have enough funds to channel into agriculture, and that will actually uh, boost both the food within and the one for exports in Nigeria. Yes, what Mr. President can also say, uh, Mr. Salah, is the fact that the band is also affecting more for the output. You see a situation whereby uh, farmers in the north they have to pay government's fine before they can sell their plants. So it's not easy. So that one too, what do you think? That that's even you the one you are saying is even for the ones that everyone have the guts to go to farm or the ones that have the option of paying money to actually go to farm. In some cases, so many people have actually abandoned their settlements and moved elsewhere. And you see, when you are moving, it affects quite a lot of things. The quest for survival will be the first thing because most of your things you left them there, you could not carry your equipment along with you. So if they end up moving into another place either as refugees. Just trying to get you know shelter and you know beg for food and wait for whatever crumbs that comes their way. So that has actually moved quite a number, substantial number of them, you know, from farming. Because I mean, we, we see quite a lot of them go around town here with their hoes on their shoulders. Or they are not even begging for the work of farming. They're just begging for food. They just you know putting hold on their shoulder is just a decoy as well, just to know that. Okay, they once had one or two things to do with farming, you know. So really, it's it's very sad. It's an area that will will keep calling on the government. Either the one, I mean, this one only, only just had about one year and uh, maybe three months to leave. I don't really trust if there's anything they can actually do again. I mean, they had seven years to come up with anything. So maybe people who are mm, trying to preserve themselves for leadership should start looking at solutions and not just be carried away with the ambition of becoming president and you come and you spend eight years trying to form cabinet, yeah. you know, before you even hit the ground running, yeah. time is gone. So really it's an area that we need to concentrate on. Thank you so much. Obvious, uh, we are looking at the last paper we have on our page this morning, and that is this day newspaper. This day newspaper has on its main cover the interview. Though we are not going to take that, we are taking the one above the one in the yellow box and it says Zamfara killings. Article of this federal government will ramp up security as far as the price situation. The writer says Zulu always offers logistic support without trusting, says GOC. Zamfara killings. Article of this federal government will ramp up security as far as the price situation. Now, uh, somebody on Saturday where uh, uh, the media was awarded uh, killings that took place in Zamfara. Though the figures, we had a conflicting uh, report on the figures, but the fact remains that many people were slaughtered Saturday. Yeah, uh, many people were slaughtered. Uh, what we have in Nigeria is most of the times the numbers are always downplayed. Except if you are in those places, you will never get, you know, the accurate number of, because uh, in so many cases, even the government tried to influence uh, the figures. They try, but some form of propaganda to try to actually reduce the figure of casualties. 
but the reality remains what it is. There's a slogan in Nigeria, they say, anywhere you hear that 10 people die, then it's 100. <laughs> you understand? So it's unfortunate with all the clampdown on the telecoms, you know, and all those measures. And we have also said that, you know, when we say, oh, it's not the solution is actually not the telecoms thing we're talking about. These are people who have lived their lives without even the telecoms and, you know, have moved from one place to the other. Those places, the borders are porous. Those places are not properly, those forests are not properly manned. So with telecoms or not, they are free to move. You understand? It's just a matter of time. And they are manning some places that they are unchecked. Even the military, they are not to go to those places. In some cases, they tell you the only thing they can make the military to go to, that, to, to those places is if they are using those, their tocado, which is one of the reasons why, you know, uh, they had to pass them, I mean, to prescribe them now. You know, you know that prescription was just now being uh, gazetted. So, so that they can actually make use of those uh, uh, bombard jets that they bought from America, because America gives uh, some, uh, yeah, the tocado. America gives some conditions to, to that. So, but what happened to the ground troops? You understand? So these are some of the things, because when the ground troops cannot access some of those places, it means that even when you shut down the telecoms, these people are still roaming those places. You understand? They, those territories belong to them. And that is actually, those places are the hotbed of where these criminalities are being carried out on daily basis. You know, and this happens all the time. It's only sometimes when the figures are too high that you get to hear them in the news. But there's no day that the killings don't go on. Yeah. Well, you ask us where we'll be calling it today on Main inside Nigeria. Well, we reviewed for papers, leadership newspaper, Nigerian Constitution newspaper, we reviewed National Economist, the Sun on this day, and have to have the in the studio all along, Samaya Nusa. Samaya Nusa is all the pleasure to have you. This program is brought to you by Leadership Podcast from the stable of Leadership Media Group.